Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. Hey, if you got your Bibles with you, uh, let's turn over to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to start there today. It's good to see you this morning. Ephesians 5, and we're going to start in verse 15 in a second. Ephesians 5, in verse 15, if we could pull that up in the New Living, it says, So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but be like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So today, if you're taking notes, we're just going to get straight to the point here with the title. You're just going to be like, okay, I already know what you're talking about. The title of my message today is Don't Waste Your Life. So today, I've had this on my heart for a while, but I feel like it's a good time and it's a good season to talk about this today. But today, I want to talk about Don't Waste Your Life. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians 5 that, that we don't need to be like those who are unwise, who are fools, but we need to be wise. And then it goes on and says, and, and what are wise people? Those are people that make the most of their opportunities and their time that God has given them because they understand what the Lord wants them to do. And we all have a plan for our life. We all have God's will for our life. We all have a purpose for our life. And God has a specific plan for each of us. And when we know that, and when we walk in that, we don't waste our time. We don't waste our opportunities, but we live with wisdom because we know what the Lord wants us to do. So today I want to talk about don't waste your life. Now, there's, there's many reasons I want to talk about this, but I, I wrestle with these things often in my life. I'm a very self-reflective person. And uh, sometimes overly self-reflective, like I, I get too serious at times about life because I take it seriously. I take life and I take this church seriously and I take what God wants me to do seriously. But we all should, should be self-reflective in here and most of us don't and that's why we live unwise, foolish lives. Because we're not honest with ourselves on what we're really doing how our life is really going, and what we're actually accomplishing. We're just living. And that's no way to live. That's unwise. That's foolish, the Bible says. We need to be self-reflecting people, people that, that take an honest look at ourselves. We're honest with ourselves. We're honest with God about what are we really doing? Are we wasting our life and our time that God has given us? Because it's a gift. Now, you know, last week I, I talked uh, a little more serious message, and we talked about grief because of a, a dear friend of ours, the Hadaball family. Their daughter passed away last week, Stephanie Hadaball, who was 31 years old. So it's on my mind at times like this, which it should be on your mind, but it should not have to take a funeral for us to be self-reflective on how we're spending our lives. You go help me or not today. And most of the times, though, it does have to take a funeral for us to say, what the heck are we even doing here? Because most of us are living aimless, foolish 
wasteful lives with the days, with the weeks, with the years that God has given us. And then someone passes away and then we all get all tender and self-reflective for about a week and reanalyze our lives and like, I'm going to make changes. And then a couple weeks go by and you completely forget about it and you go back to your pointless, aimless life, wasting time. Now, now I've kind of lived in a state of this because in the past three years, I've had a brother-in-law pass away. I've had a mom pass away. I've had a lot of other situations and a lot of people have passed away around me. So, so I've kind of lived in a place like this, like I'm not wasting time. I'm hyper urgent and vigilant about these things. But I should not be the only person in here thinking that way. We should all be thinking that way because what is that? The Bible says that's wisdom to be thinking that I have limited time on this earth and I have limited opportunities and I have a limited uh, time that I can fulfill God's plan for my life. And it's going like this. It's going quick. And it doesn't have to take a funeral of a young person or an old person to stir us up. We should be stirred up because that's living with godly wisdom and making the most of our opportunities. So today I want to talk about don't waste your life because most of us in the church world and out of the church world are wasting their life. Wasting their time. Wasting their opportunities. So. I know when, when tragedies happen like this, we are very mindful of these things and consumed with these things, but it needs to go beyond a couple weeks or a couple months, but every day, to live with this self-reflection. Now, the Bible talks a lot about being sober-minded. Do you know what sober-minded means? That's not just talking about alcohol. That's obvious. Like, you're not going to think right if you're drinking all the time. But being sober-minded is being serious about your life. Serious about your time. Serious about the opportunities God's given us. Not, not depressed about it, but taking it seriously. Being sober-minded that I have limited time. And I have limited resources. And I have, I have limited opportunities. And the time is going. It does not stop for anybody. You cannot put life on pause. It keeps going and going and going. And that's one thing you never get back. You can get money back. You can get relationships back. You can get a lot of things back. But you can't get time back. Once it's gone, it's gone. So we need to live with godly wisdom and not waste our life. And I don't care today if you're 5 or 95. We all need this message. How about if some of you in here, maybe you're like, well, I've wasted a lot of time in my life. Well, let's let the latter half of your life be the best half of your life. Let it be the most fruitful time of your life. Let it be the most productive time of your life. Don't waste the rest of it. I don't care if you wasted 60 years of it. You got a chance today because you're hearing this message. And the good news is for all of us in here, if you're not dead, God's not done with your life. And you still got time and opportunity on the clock to do something for what you're called to do. But how much more if we get this at a younger age and start living this way at a younger age, we can be ahead and not waste a moment or a year or time. Now, once again, I'm self-reflective. 
Like, like birthdays for me, and it's not even about the age thing. I just, a lot of times I feel down around my birthday or like, like the next year because I'm, all, I'm thinking about there's just more time passing and I get really self-reflective on like, what did I even do this past year? Or, or what, what do we even do in 2021 or 2020? Well, we didn't do a whole lot, did we? Guys, <laughs> we had COVID. All of us had COVID for two years. We were stuck in the house. But I think these things all the time. And, and you know, it's it sobered me up. Other things have sobered me up. Let me just vent to you. Now, everybody that's older than me in here, which is most of you, uh, you're going to be like, okay, I think this all the time. But, you know, um, I've looked in the mirror a few times recently, just a few times, and you know what's starting to happen? I'm starting to see gray hairs, white hairs in my hair, in my beard, which is not appreciated. (laughs) But you know what the Bible says? That's wisdom coming out. So I got a little bit, not a whole lot, but I got a little wisdom eking out the sides and parts of my beard. But you know, just... I know some of you, the first time you saw, some of you had white hair 50 years ago before I was even on the planet. But I'm just saying, for, for me, for people, when they're starting to see white hairs, they're just like, it's sobering. You're like, life's moving quick, y'all. I was just in high school last week. Now I got white hairs coming out the side of my head and in my beard. I need some help. Sobers you up or you see a wrinkle or two. And you're like, Goodness gracious, I've never considered Botox, but hey, maybe. (laughs) Didn't need it till now. Just let me vent for a second. Let me vent for a second. Some of you are like, I had these thoughts 50 years ago. It's okay, but I'm with you now. But you know what that means? That means time's moving. And it felt like yesterday I was in high school. It felt like the other day I was 12 years old, and, and now I got white hairs. White hairs. And I got to tweeze hairs. And I got to use nose hair trimmers. It's a part of life. Somebody say amen in the house of God who's older than 35. Like, man, I didn't have this kind of body hair when I was younger. What's going on in here? You know what's happening? Time is ticking away. But you know, another event happened in the past week that sobered me up. My daughter turned 10. A decade. Now that will sober you up because we went from single digits to double digits. And guess what? She'll be in the double digits the rest of her life. Sober. How do I have a daughter who's a decade old? I feel like I was just 10 years old 10 years ago. I wasn't, by the way. I was 25 10 years ago. But that will sober you up. Am I the only person that's self-reflective like this? Maybe you guys are thinking these thoughts. But you know what that's all a sign of? That time is moving. That opportunities are going by us. That time, a lot of times, is being wasted by you and me. Days are going by. And we're not doing what God has called us to do. Weeks are going by and we're not investing in the relationships we should have. Years are going by and we're not pursuing the dream that God has placed in our heart. And we keep saying, well, someday I'm going to do it. Someday I'm going to do it. One day I'm going to tell this person that. One day I'm going to step out on what God's called me to do. Guess what? That day never comes. Doesn't. That's why the Bible says, do not live like fools, 
Fools are people that just live. They're just existing, winging it, seeing what will happen. And guess what? Nothing. You will live a wasted, foolish life. And the Bible says we as believers should be the most wise people on the planet. And we should live, the Bible says in, in the New King James or the King James, it says redeeming the time for the days of, are evil. But the New Living says making the most of every opportunity or your time because the days are evil. Now, I don't have to tell you this, but if we've ever lived in evil days, we're living in some evil days. You got to watch the news for five seconds to tell that if they were living in evil days 2,000 years ago when the Bible was written, we're definitely living in some evil days. And that means we need to be more focused, more passionate, more urgent to do what God has called us to do now more than ever. Because we got to make the most of every opportunity. So let's read this again. Ephesians 5, and I appreciate it. I can tell you guys are with me today. Maybe you related to me when I said I had white hair. Don't come look at my white hair, please. I'm trying to tweeze it, but it keeps growing back. Ephesians 5, verse 15. These are just my struggles as your pastor. It's okay. So be careful how you live. And I can't name a lot of people that lived like that, that are they're living careful with their life. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Verse 16. Make the most of every opportunity or your time in these evil days. How are you going to do that? Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. God has something for all of you to do, and it's not what I'm doing. Some of you are thinking, oh, he's called me to preach. No, he didn't call me you to do what I'm doing necessarily. But he's called each of you in here to do something. He has a call on each one of your lives and if you're listening to God, he will give you instructions on what he wants you to do, on how to live your days, on how to live your weeks, your months, your years. He has a plan for you, not just for me, because I'm a preacher. He has a plan for all of you in here. And, and we live in wisdom, and we don't waste our time when we know what the Lord wants us to do. Because he has something for us to do. So we need to live with focus, knowing that our time and opportunity is limited. Time is the most valuable thing that we have. We can either waste it or invest it. Most of us waste days, weeks, years, decades on things that don't matter. But our time is the most valuable thing we have, and we need to invest it not in foolish things, but things that really matter. Now, what is something that really matters? Eternal things. And let me tell you the truth this morning. Eternal things are the only things that will ever matter in the future. We get so focused on this finite, temporal life, we lose track of eternity. It's just right around the corner. And that's the most important thing, eternal things. Things that have eternal significance. That's what really matters. But we can choose with our time either to waste it and live aimlessly and live foolishly. Or we can choose to invest it in things that really matter. Building God's kingdom. Building God's church. Uh, how about helping people? That's an eternal thing. 
How about loving people? How about sharing the gospel with people? How about healing the sick? How about delivering the demon-possessed? How about handing out food? How about being the hands and feet of Jesus? Those are eternal things that really matter. And we can either waste it with Netflix. Now watch Netflix too. Or we can invest it in something that really happens like volunteering at your church or going on a lunch with people in your church or people at your work that need help and you go talk to them instead of sitting an hour by yourself and scrolling through your phone during work. That's a, that's a thing that's wasting your time instead of investing it in something that really matters. So today, we're talking about don't waste your life. Nothing in life is more expensive than missed opportunities in time. Nothing. Now, I believe the Bible says that we can have a long life. I believe that. I believe that the Bible says that we can live and enjoy our lives and God has a time that we could live in health and we could live in a place of blessing. And I believe in a long life, but here's the truth. A long life on the earth compared to eternity is not long at all. It's not. Now, now I have an object lesson for you today. So I'm going to give you a visual of this. So I'm going to need Michael Manning to stand over here. I'm going to need Sammy because I love grabbing Sammy to do this. Okay. You take one side of this rope. If you can untangle it a little bit here. Come on, let's just, let's just encourage them. Let's clap for them for a second just to just say thank you. I probably tangled it up when I handed it to you, and I'm very sorry. This is, this is your life when you live like a fool, okay? Here's the example. You guys can sit down. No, we're doing good. We're doing good. This is not a waste of time. This is invested time. This is eternal time right now. We're doing good. How about, how about, okay, you hold it and you hold it tight. We'll just stop right there. You hold it tight. Okay. Let me give you a little example here. Okay. This is, this is eternity past. This is eternity present. This is your life. Can some of you see that mark? So, so let's think about this. This is, this is before you got to the planet, eternity past. This is after you leave the planet, eternity future. This is where we live. But we're acting like this is so long. And we're going to be here forever. And this is all that really matters. And I, and I got to get the raise or my life's over. Or I got to have the relationship where my life's over. Or I got to do this with my life. And I got to go here. And I got to listen to this. And I got to do this. And we're making such a big fuss over this. Yeah. Are you seeing this? Yeah. This is the reality of it. But none of us think this way going through our everyday life. We think like we got all the time in the world. We can do this. We can go here. But look at the timeline. 
you know, God has been here eternity past, eternity present, and eternity future, but we're living right here, and this, compared to eternity, is nothing. But, but here's why we need to invest our time, not waste our time, because what we do here, eternally, will be with us forever here. The lives you affect here matter here. What you do for God here matters here. The people you minister here matters here. But most things we do only matter right here. Most of the things that we think are so important to our life. You guys can sit down. Come on, let's give it up for them. Thank you, guys. See, that was my bad. That wasn't your fault. I tangled up the rope when I gave it to you, but I'm sorry for that. But look, these are some verses. This is what the Bible says about life. Pastor, are you trying to sober us up? Yes, I am. Because we need it. James 4, 13 through 15. Let's read it here. Look at, look at what this says. James is talking about somebody who's kind of living prideful, just living their life. Knows what they say. Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we'll go to such a city. We'll spend a year there. We'll buy, we'll sell, we'll make a profit. Look what James says. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. But look what it says. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. What did it say in Ephesians? Understand what the will of the Lord is. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or do that. The Bible says in James that we should not be living these lives with pride and arrogance, not ever asking God what we should do. Say, I'm going to go here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to marry them. I'm going to go on vacation here. I'm going to get this job. Who said you were going to do that? Nobody's promised you tomorrow. Did God tell you to do that? Because if you're doing that, you're wasting your life. And he goes on and says, do you not realize your life compared to eternity is a vapor, is a mist. You know how long that takes? That long to disappear. It's like a puff of air you see on a cold day, and it's gone just like that. That is what all of our lives are compared to eternity. That's why we don't need to live like fools. We need to live focused and intentional and on purpose, understanding what the will of the Lord is. So we don't waste it. The Bible says life is a vapor. Even if you live to be 120, it's still a vapor compared to eternity. Even if you experienced all you ever wanted to experience, it's still a vapor compared to eternity. But it matters how we live our lives. And we need to live in a way that we're not going to waste it. Let's read another verse here in Psalm 90 and verse 12. Psalm 90 and verse 12, it says, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What, what did it say in Ephesians? That we need to live wise. Look what it says in the New Living Translation of this verse. Teach us to realize the brevity of life. What does brevity mean? It's brief. It's quick. It's a vapor. It's nothing compared to eternity. Teach us to realize the brevity of our life so that we may grow in wisdom. 
Now, if we did this, we would walk intentionally every day. We would walk in God's wisdom every day. We would invest it in things that mattered if we were really taken to account how many days we had left on this planet. On, on the time that we had, whether you're, once again, if you're 25 or 95, it doesn't matter. Take an account for your days. And, and not in a depressing and, and somber way that, that you're sad about your life, but a focused, passionate way, knowing God has given me this time as a gift. I need to number my days. I need to know where I'm at in this thing because time is moving and I never get it back. Sometimes I don't get back those opportunities. Sometimes I don't get back the, that time. So I need to invest it in things that really matter, not waste my life. The Bible says, teach me to number my days. Why? So I can walk in wisdom. I can walk in wisdom. What's wisdom? Wisdom is saying, I only have a brief amount of time. I need to do what God's called me to do. That's all that matters. That's all that will ever matter in eternity. I know some of you guys are just thinking, no, oh, man, this sounds very serious. And you're, you're bumming me out, Pastor. But do you realize doing what God has called you to do is the most fulfilling life, is the best life, is the most joy-filled, peaceful life? You're thinking, I know when I'm saying this, some of you are thinking, oh, I got to do what God's called me to do. It's going to be a bummer of a life. No, that's what you really want in the first place. That's the life you're really shooting for. That's the thing that your heart wants in the first place. And you're thinking that your plan is going to do it, and it's not. The thing that's going to fulfill you is doing what God has called you to do. That's the life of fulfillment. That's the life of satisfaction. That's the life of peace. That's the life of joy. That's the life that it will exceed your dreams is doing God's perfect will for your life. It's not a bummer. It's not a downer. It's not like, oh, I got to do what God's called me to do. I don't want to do it. No, that's what your heart really wants and will fulfill you. I'm preaching better than you're responding today. That's what we really want. And he says, teach me to number my days so I can walk in wisdom to do God's plan for my life. God's plan for my life. Once again, God's plan for your life is not just church. It's part of it. But for most of us, we don't live our life in this building, do we? We don't. God's plan for your life is out there with your coworkers and at the gym and at the park and with your family and, and with your friends and, and living the life that God has called you to be. Yes, church is a part of it, but that's a tiny part of your whole life. Understanding what God wants you to do, living with wisdom, counting our days. Here's what that looks like. 27,000. 375. 27,375. You know what that is? That is the average person's life in days. 27,375. If we lived our life with that kind of focus and sobriety to realize that's how many days we had when we were born. 27,375. That's the average person's life. 
God says to us as people, number your days so you can walk in wisdom. Knowing you don't have an endless amount of days in time. Let me break this down a little bit further. 27,375. If you're 25 in here, you're down to 18,000. If you're 50, you're down to 9,000. If you're 65, you're down to 3,000. Better start counting it up, Miss Donna. Now, once again, I'm talking, this is the average person. The average person. Now, we believe in our church, we live long and strong. But that's only a few extra thousand, Miss Donna, so get to counting. Now, think about that. It sounded like a big number when I said 27,000. But when I broke it down, if you're 25, you're already at 18. If you're 50, you're down to, what did I say? 9,000. If you're down to 65, some of you guys are way beyond 65, so. Get your calculator out. <laughs> the Bible says, teach me to number my days so I will walk in wisdom. Now, hopefully that was a reality check for some of you in here because you're thinking, oh, I got all the time in the world. I just got years and years and years and years. Well, when it's broken down into days, you're thinking when it went from 27 to 18 to 9 to 3,000 real quick. The years are going by real quick. The days are going by real quick because they are. And only what's done in this life for eternal things will matter. Now, I want to share some things with you the rest of this time on how not to waste your life. Would you guys like to know that? Now that you guys realize you're down to a few thousand, you need to number those. You need to walk in wisdom knowing that time is so important that we never get it back. You with me today? And I encourage you, once again, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're middle-aged, we all need this. Young people, I got one. And I consider myself young too. But do you realize, you'll take it too. Like I said, I was in high school last week, and now I'm 35 with a 10-year-old daughter. It goes by real quick. So how are we going to live in a way that we do not waste our life? How are we going to live in a way that we don't live like fools, but we live with wisdom, understanding what the Lord wants us to do? Because it matters how we live this life. And I don't want to waste it. I want to invest it in eternal things. So the first thing is I got four things. If we're not going to waste our life, we have to have an, an eternal perspective. We have to have an eternal perspective. Let's look at Colossians 3 and verse 1 and 2. Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. In verse 2, notice this. Think about the things of heaven and not the earth. That's having an eternal perspective. The Bible says don't set your things on things of the earth. Set your things on the 
Set your mind on things that are above. Set your mind on things that are of heaven because those are the things that really matter. Now, now I have a problem with this statement. I know you've heard it before because it's not scriptural. They say, don't be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Don't be so heavenly minded. You know what they're usually saying? It's like, y'all need to be a little more carnal. Like, just cuss a little bit, smoke a little bit, do, do what you want to do, man. Don't be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Actually, the people that are heavenly minded are the only persons that are doing good on this earth. They're the only people changing the world. They're the only people doing God's will. It's not the people that are earthly minded that are doing it. They're the ones wasting their life. The Bible says the ones that are actually doing God's will are heavenly minded, are eternal minded, are thinking about things above, not things beneath. So that's not true that people say, don't be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. No, you need to be heavenly minded. Then you will be able to affect this world for good. But we have to have an eternal perspective. And trust me, we don't naturally just wake up and think that way. We don't just naturally wake up and think about eternal things. We, we, are, we get caught in these same old habits and, and we, those same old distractions. And a lot of times it's so easy. We wake up and we just think about the next thing. Which are usually not bad things, but just temporal things. We, we, we just think about what's the next thing? I got to eat breakfast and I need to put my clothes on. I need to go to work. I need to brush my teeth. I need to take the kids here. And then we go home and then we're running around and we watch a movie and we eat dinner. And then we watch Netflix and then we listen to a podcast and then there's nowhere in the day we're thinking about eternal things. And then guess what? Another day goes by. And then we do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And what happens? Then a funeral happens and then we say, oh, what am I doing? And then a tragedy happens and you're like, oh, what? I've been wasting weeks and years. But then we go back to life. Go back to our routine. Go back to our job. Go back to our family. Go back to our things. And never in that time have any eternal perspective. And we wonder why we're wasting our life because we're never thinking about the next life. We wonder why we're wasting our life because we don't have an eternal perspective. The Bible says to believers, set your minds on things above. Set your minds on things of heaven, not the earth. So you'll actually be effective while you're here. So we have to ask ourselves every day hard questions sometimes. Like, will this matter in eternity? And the fact is, a lot of times, most things in our life, the answer is, no, it won't. But we're just stubborn as an old mule, and we won't give it up. Right? We have to ask ourselves the question ongoingly, will this matter in eternity? Because you've got to have an eternal perspective. And if it doesn't matter in eternity, you should really rethink your life and your priorities. 
There was a famous quote, and this has been around a long time ago. I don't know who wrote it, but it's been around for a while, but it's so true. It says, only one life will soon be passed, but only what's done for Christ will last. That's an internal perspective. Now, I don't know about you, and I know people can go too far in this and be like, they're just grumpy to be around. If it's not about heaven, they can't even talk about it. You can go too far in this. But I, I just, for myself, I get tired of having conversations about natural things all the time. It's quiet in this Presbyterian church. I get tired of just talking about the weather and sports. And then we're going to have this same dumb conversation next week. Are you with me? Kind of like those family reunions that they tell the same dumb stories every year. Well, I remember you and your, your dad a long time ago, and then you hear the same story next year. It does not matter. Live with an eternal perspective. Stop being okay with being around shallow people. Stop being okay with just having shallow conversations. Stop being okay with letting years and years and years go by and you never have a real conversation with your family. You never have a conversation with your kids that matters in eternity. You never have a conversation with your friends about the dreams that are really in your heart. You never have a conversation about what God's speaking to you about. You never have a conversation about how we're going to build the church. We never have a conversation about the dreams and plans that God's putting here. We're just living. But you're not. You're not living. We have to have an eternal perspective, and I don't know about you, but I'm only 35, and I'm already tired of it. We have to have an eternal perspective knowing that our time is limited, and if this does not matter in eternity, why are we putting so much effort into this? So much thought, so much emotion, so much of our passion into something that will not matter. Are you with me today or offended? I can't tell. I'm going to keep going. We need to live with an eternal perspective. How do we do that? We set our mind, our thoughts on things that are above, on things about heaven, on things about eternity, and what matters. That's how you live in a way that you don't waste weeks and months and years, and then you, you look back every couple years and like, oh, there goes a few more years. There goes another decade. <laughs> you don't get that back. You live in a way that you do not waste your life. Hopefully you're thinking with me today. Hopefully this is doing something in your heart today. You're thinking, I just come to this church to hear about prosperity, pastor. I don't come for messages like this. This is prosperity, pastor. I just, want, I just wanted another message today, Pastor, about how you tell me that, that God loves me and wants to heal me and bless me. He does. But he does it when we live like this. And not waste our life. So the number one thing is that we live with an eternal perspective. The second thing is that we live undistracted lives. Now, here is 
the biggest problem. For most of us in here, if the devil cannot kill you, he will distract you. Now, we are living in the age of distraction. Now, if they were distracted thousands of years ago with no technology, how much more us? And the Bible says that, that we have endless amount of distractions, endless amount of opportunities, and how much more today in 2022? Death by a thousand distractions. That's the thing that the enemy knows. If he can't just flat out just kill you and take you to heaven, he'll distract you enough that you'll be ineffective on this earth. He'll throw so many things your way that you're constantly distracted with everything else than the things that actually matter. And most of us have taken that bait and we are completely hooked. He's just reeling us in nice and slow. But if we're going to live and not waste our life, we have to live undistracted. The opportunities are endless. Do you, do you realize that we live in a time, even 20, 30 years ago, this was not possible? Like 20, 30 years ago, you would actually have to buy a movie, like a cassette tape, VHS, at the store, or you'd have to go to Blockbuster. But if they had the movie was sold out, you ain't seeing the movie. It was very limited on, on what you could see. There was, there was only like, you know, you maybe had 10 movies at your house, 20 movies at your house. And then if the movie was gone at Blockbuster, then you're not watching anything. But do you realize just in the, in the past 20, 30 years, now... We have every movie known to man on our phone, on our iPad, on our computer, and on our TV for us to choose from every night for only $5.99. Endless amount of distraction. But it's not just with the movies. Every TV show. You know, there's a time in our life in my life, there used to be something called TGIF on Friday nights. And it had good shows like Growing Pains, Full House, shows like Saved by the Bell. And guess what? If you didn't watch the show on Friday night at 8 o'clock, you ain't seeing it ever. So guess what? Back in the day, we would have to be around our TV at a certain time at a certain place because if I don't catch TGIF Friday night, I ain't ever seeing this episode ever again. But you know, we live in a day and an age that every TV show, past, present, and future, is on our device. We could watch anytime we want. And we could watch all the seasons if we want. Endless distractions. There was a time in our life that you used to have to go to the store to buy a CD to listen to music. Or you'd have to put in a cassette tape. And to find the track you wanted to listen to, you'd have to fast forward for a long time. <laughs> Y'all remember that? Now on your phone with Apple Music for $10 a month, you have every album that has ever been. For $10 a month. 
endless distractions. If we're going to live in a life that, that is not wasting time, but investing time, we have to have an eternal perspective, but we have to live undistracted. But there's so many opportunities. And they're not all wrong. But they're endless. But that's the goal of the enemy. If he can't just flat out kill you, he will distract you with everything you can imagine. More movies, more music, more restaurants to go to, more hobbies to invest in, more news to watch, more books to read, more distractions to have to keep you ineffective. Do you realize with smartphones that all the social media companies and all the people that make apps on your phone are smarter than you are? Are you guys offended? Because that's the truth. Let me tell you why. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, any of the apps we use on our phone, those people are being paid millions of dollars for one reason only, to distract you. Do you realize all those companies get paid by the amount of time you spend on their app and on their social media? So they make social media addictive so you'll be distracted so you keep on scrolling and you keep on clicking and you keep on using. And these people are laughing their behinds off in Silicon Valley knowing that they are taking advantage of all of us because they get paid millions of dollars to do one thing, to distract you so you'll use your phone. All right, well, I'll go home, guys. This response. It's true. Pastor, are you talking conspiracy theory? No, like the people say this out loud. This is what we're paid to do. They get money by keeping you on your phone and keeping you scrolling, which is what? Distractions. If we're going to live a life that we're not wasting it, we have to live with eternal perspective, but we have to live undistracted. That's why your Bible says stuff like this all the time. Seek first his kingdom. It's just stuff like you need to go after God and pursue the one thing. You need to pursue the call of God. You need to let aside distractions and, and let off the sins and the weights that hold you back and the distractions that hold you back and seek his kingdom first and seek his plan and make that the one thing in your life. Why? Because there's so many distractions and that's the way the enemy gets most of us distractions. I'm going to keep you wasting your time on things that don't matter. You know, our attention span as a culture and as Western people has so dramatically dropped because of our smartphones and distractions. Listen to this. Goldfish? Yeah. Have a longer attention span than us now. Yeah. Yeah, we should be ashamed of ourselves, guys. 
The most recent study said that goldfish have an attention span of nine seconds, but now us modern Western people with smartphones have an attention span of eight seconds. Help us, Jesus. Dang goldfish, they ain't got nothing to even look at and scroll through. Come on now. But how did we get this way? You know, it's been dropping off for years. Why? Because we live in the age of distraction. And it keeps us ineffective. Goldfish, people. Come on. But that's what the distractions in the world have done to our minds and our bodies and our brains. I love this quote from D.L. Moody. It says, our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of at succeeding at things that don't really matter. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things that don't really matter. I think about this every day. You're saying, well, you have to because you're a pastor and that's your job. You should all be thinking the same way. This is not a preacher thing. This is a believer thing. This is a follower of Jesus thing. That we should every day be thinking, am, am I succeeding at things that aren't going to really matter in the future? Because maybe men and women are applauding me here, but will I be applauded in heaven? I got the raise, and I got the house, and I got the car, and I got the girl, and I, and I got my kids into the right school, and I did this hobby, and I was a part of this club. Who cares? If it does not matter in eternity, I succeeded on the earth, but I failed in heaven. Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but it's succeeding at stuff that doesn't really matter. Are you still here with me today or did you go home? We have to live undistracted. Third thing is this. If we're not going to waste our life, we have to live with passion and urgency. Life is too short not to live with passion. I heard this many years ago as a preacher. He said, you got to preach like dying men to a dying people. Why? Because we are. We have to live with passion and urgency because tomorrow is not promised. And I've even had people tell me before, like, kind of like, Pastor, like, chill out. Like, you're 35, chill out. But we don't have forever. We don't have forever to do what God has called us to do. We don't have forever to do what we're supposed to do as a church. We don't have forever. We can't just waste time. But that's not just for me, that's for you. If we're going to live a life that's not wasting time, we have to live with an internal perspective. We have to live undistracted, but we got to live with some passion and some urgency. Urgency means that we're not going to wait till next week or next year to do something. We're going to do it today. Because life is moving and moving and moving. Notice what Jesus said, John 9 and verse 4. John 9 and verse 4, if we could pull that up. We must quickly, that's urgent, carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. 
The night is coming and then no one can work. Now think about Jesus. How much more Jesus? Jesus lived 33 years. He realized that his time was limited on the earth. And he had to do what God was calling him to do in 33 years. And Jesus said, I have to carry this out quickly and do what God has called me to do. Because there's a time coming that we can't do this anymore. Now, Jesus said this, but he's saying it to us as his church. There's a time coming that we can't do anything else, that we can't reach anybody else, that we can't get another opportunity, that we can't go back and change this. The time is now. We have to live this way, knowing with passion and urgency. Tomorrow's not promised. If you're going to do it, do it today. Hear me. If you're going to do it, do it today. If you're going to send the text to the person, do it today. Why are you waiting? Oh, I've just been thinking about this person a lot. Text the person. You don't know what's going on in their life. They could be committing suicide later today, but... If you send the text, maybe they'll change their mind. You don't know what's going on in people's lives. Do it today. Well, I'm just waiting around to tell my family I love them and I need them. Do it today. What are you waiting for? Live with some patches in urgency. Well, I was going to give and really invest in what the church is doing financially. Why are you waiting? Do it today. While I'm waiting to get involved in the ministry helps and start serving, and, and when my work calms down and when my kids grow up, you'll never do it. Do it today. Live with some passion and some urgency with what God has called us to do. Stop wasting your life and wasting your time and wasting your attention on things that don't matter. Live with some passion and some urgency. And not for a few weeks after you hear this message, and not for you know a few months, but the rest of your life. How much more can you accomplish if you live this way? I didn't say live uptight, but live with some urgency. Did I never get this back? And passionate, like Jesus said, I have to quickly do the works that he sent me to do because night is coming and I can't work anymore. We have to live with some urgency, church. Brother Gerald, could you come up? And I'm going to close here because I don't know how much more you can take in me this morning. Thinking about passion and urgency. If we keep saying one day, someday, it won't come. If you're going to do it, do it today. If you're going to pursue the dream, pursue it today. If you're going to tell the person you love them, tell them today. If you're going to start the business, do it today. If you're going to send the text, do it today. Why are you waiting? We have to live with urgency. Think about this. 
yeah, I know I'm sobering you up, but all of you need it. We're living lives that are so wasted. And I'm talking to church people. The world is doing this definitely, but church people, and a lot of you in here, and I know that as your pastor, and I don't care if you get offended by this, and I don't care if it stirs you up this morning. Think about this. This is hard to listen to, but you need to hear it. Last week, on Wednesday night, I watched live stream a Pastor Dennis's service. I saw Stephanie Hattaball sing on the worship team. I saw her take up the offering. And a few hours later, she was in heaven at 31. How many of you know there is a lot of people probably last week that said, I should have texted her. Come on, are you hearing me? There's a lot of people that said, man, I should have called her last week. But they didn't. Why? It's just life. We got time. Do we? Do we? You're thinking, oh, well, they're not old, so we got time. Life is not promised. And I know all of your answers in here. Well, that would never happen to me. And that would never happen to somebody I loved. And, and that's not my case. You don't know. That's why you have to live with some urgency. It's a passion. So you don't have regret, regrets the next day or the next week or the next year. Live a life with such passion and urgency. You don't have to go back at your life and look, I should have had this conversation. I should have done this. I should have started this business. I should have pursued my dream. I should have told them how I felt about them. I should have done God's will for my life. But I said, someday I'll do it. And guess what? Someday does not come. Are you receiving this morning as your pastor? Are you receiving what I'm saying? And I know that's, that's hard to listen to and hard to take, but we need a reality check. If you're going to do it for God or for other people, do it today. Live with some passion. And some urgency about yourself to do God's will. And I'm really closing. I know I preached a long time. If we're going to live in a way that we don't waste our life, we have to live with an eternal perspective. Thinking about things that are above, not beneath. We have to live undistracted. And I know that's really hard, including myself. I know that's hard for us, but we can do it. Don't let the enemy distract you to death that you can't do what God has called you to do. But live with some passion and urgency. The last thing I want to say is this. Decide you're going to be right in the middle of what God is doing no matter what it costs you. Decide You're going to be right in the middle of what God is doing 
no matter what it will cost you. That's how we don't waste it. I love Dr. Lester Summerall, great man of God, really a spiritual great-grandfather to us at this church. When he was alive on the planet, he went with every great move of God. Sometimes he had to change denominations. Sometimes he had to change friends. Sometimes he traveled all over the world just to get into revival and the move of God because they said, no matter what it costs me, I'm going to be right in the middle of what God is doing. I'm not going to waste my life. But let that be said for us. No matter what it costs me, God, I'm going to be right in the middle of what you are doing. I don't care if it costs me my friends. I don't care if it costs me my family. I don't care if it costs me my job. I don't care if it costs me what people think about me. I'm going to be right in the middle of what you're doing. So you don't waste it. But that's a choice that we all have to make. Because a life outside of the move of God and outside of the will of God is a wasted life. I don't care how good it looks on paper. I don't care how good it looks on Instagram. It's wasted. And God still loves you, but you're wasting your life. Here's the fact. You don't get it back. And you ain't coming back to redo it. You get one shot. Are you with me today? Let's read in Ephesians 5, and we'll close here, in the Passion. It says, so be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. I love this part. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. And don't live foolishly, for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. You know, church family, our church has been called to do a lot of great things. Big vision, big dreams. People have prophesied over this church, and and not me, other people, that this church is supposed to affect this region, be a region-changing church. But that will never happen if we don't live this way. That will never come to pass if we don't live the way I'm talking about today in a way that we're not wasting our life. The only way that will happen is we're living this way as a church family, not just me, but we're living with an internal perspective. We're, We're living undistracted. We're living with passion and urgency. And all of us, corporately together saying, I'm going to be a part of the move of God. I'm going to be right in the middle of what God is doing. That's how this church and all of us are going to fulfill what God has for us. That's how this church is going to be the region-changing church is called to be. That's how this church is going to get to the place that people come here and they get healed physically in their bodies and they get delivered mentally in their minds and we see salvation after salvation after salvation and there's people lining up down the street just to get into the service because the tangible presence of God is here. 
because we're living this way. But it won't happen if we keep this casual attitude like we all of us are doing, wasting our life, wasting our days, wasting our times like, yeah, God, you'll do it someday. Someday. Guess what? It ain't happening someday. Because every time you say that, you're putting it off. Putting it off. I don't know about you, I've been in churches like this my whole life, and if I hear one more person say, revival's coming, I'm going to spit. Might even cuss in the Holy Ghost if necessary. Joking. But isn't that something in our camp and our company? Oh, the end time revival's coming. Oh, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. And they're coming into a church like ours. No, they're not if we're not living this way. They're not. They're not. You can say it all day in a church, but unless the church has some urgency and some passion, realizing we're not going to waste another day, another week, another year, not having what God has called us to have. It's going to happen when the church says, we don't have to rate on revival. We don't have to wait on a move of God. We could have it any time we actually started to care. Are you hearing me? We could have revival anytime we started to stir ourselves up. We could have the move of God anytime if we live this way. But why aren't we having it? Because we're not living this way and we don't really care. We don't. I love you as your pastor, but you don't stink and care. You don't, because we would have already had revival in this church. And let's be honest, I don't care enough if I'm not living this way either. You're okay having what you're having, which is not that. We will have God's move in our life, in our family, in our church when we start caring. When we start living this way, when we start having some passion and urgency, stop saying, well, next year it will happen, or, or 10 years from now it will happen, or eventually I'll get involved, and eventually God will do something. No, today is the day. Today is the day. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of healing. Today is the day of revival. Today is the day of purpose. Today is the day of your dreams. Today is the day of healing. Not tomorrow, today. Today's the day. Today's the day. And I'm talking this way today because I want you to be in God's perfect will for your life. And for us to stop wasting our time in doing what God has called us to do. Don't waste your life, church family. Now's the time. Stop putting it off. Could we stand up a moment? Did you receive that? Could we lift up our hands for a moment? Just between you and God right now, I want to hear it out of your own mouth. You, between you and God, if you mean that, I want you to start making some commitments. God, I'm going to start living more focused. God, I'm going to start living undistracted. God, I'm sorry for the time I've wasted. I'm not going to waste any more time. I'm not going to waste another day. 
I'm not going to waste another week or another year being out of your perfect will. Today's the day of salvation. Now is the time. No more waiting. No more wasting of time. I'm going to invest the time that I have on this earth for eternal purposes, for eternal plans to do what you've called me to do. And that's for everyone in here personally, but also as a church. We make this commitment today. No more wasting time. No more wasting time. No more wasting opportunities. We're going to take advantage of every door you open to us, every opportunity, every relationship. And we're not going to waste our time anymore, Father. We're not going to waste our time anymore, Father. I pray for a supernatural urgency and passion to be imparted into your people this morning. A supernatural urgency in us and through us. Father, that you would move strong in our hearts today to stir us up in a new way. And we're not satisfied for where we're at. We're not satisfied for where we're at today. We say today we want more. We want more personally. We want more as a church. We want your spirit to be poured out. We say right now as a church family, we want the revival. We want, Father, the move of God in our lives and in our church. And we're not satisfied with not having it another day. We thank you. We commit to you right now for your plan and your purpose to be accomplished. And we said hey, today, we want it. We want it. We desire it. We're going to pursue it. And we're not satisfied without being what you called us to be and being the region-changing church that you called our church to be. We're not satisfied with anything less than your plan and your will. And we thank you, Father, for it. Come on, let's just lift up our, our voice to him for a few more minutes here. Come on. Let's thank him. Let's thank him. Let's focus in on him out of your own mouth. Father, we thank you today. We love you today. We thank you today. We worship you this morning. We thank you, Father, for another day and another opportunity and another chance to do your will on the earth. We thank you, Father God, for these people, whether they're young or whether they're old, that you still have a plan and you still have a purpose for them and you still have a call on their life and we're not gonna waste another minute of it with frivolous things or temporary things. We're gonna fulfill your will and your plan for us and we thank you, Father, for it. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. 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 Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.